Do you make people earn your respect? How easy is it to lose respect for someone on the other side of the fence politically? These are just a few questions to think about as you're digging into this week's message by Pastor Mike Signorelli, entitled, Just Say No. And as always, take notes and make sure to share with a friend. I'll see you on the other side. Hey everyone, I am so excited to speak to you today about relationships. Uh, I wanna start like this. Drop a comment in the chat right now with where you are watching from around the world. We love to see all the different locations represented. I'm here in New York right now, but I wanna know where you're watching from. So let us know, let's make some friends. Uh, probably you have met one of our dream team members who are greeting you in the chat and trying to build a relationship with you because we believe that we are a global voice of the gospel to all people and that you can make friends around the world during a V1 church service. So here we are in week three of this series, Insignificant Others, Insignificant Others. And we've been learning about relationships. And today we're gonna be learning about respect. And uh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a good message. So I wanna read a scripture to you that I feel is going to personally hit you. And this, this scripture may not be for you, but I believe it's for somebody. So when I read this scripture, I want you to know that God is gonna set some things right in your life concerning relationships because respect is such a big deal. Listen to this, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another. Have you felt like some of your best friends and some people who are supposed to walk with you in life have turned on you in the last six months? Come on. We've had so many divisions in our nation, so many divisions uh, politically, so many divisions culturally, but this is what Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love or sisterly love. And it says this, give preference to one another in honor. Give preference to one another in honor. The title of this message, you could write this down, you could shout it out, you could put it in the chat. It's just say no. Oh, just say no. Come on, somebody say it, just say no. See how hard it is for you to even get those words out of your mouth right now? Just say no. I'm gonna give you permission. Some of you already know this is a word from another world, from God directly to you today. Yes, he'll use a live stream. Yes, he'll use Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, but he's speaking to you, just say no. One of the biggest problems that people face is the inability to say no. Now I'm gonna tell on myself, and as I'm telling on myself, it's gonna help get you free. I'm one of those people that get into social settings. Tell me if you're like this. And I'm looking around and I'm watching everybody interact and I think to myself, I don't wanna be here right now. Am I the only one that when they first announced the lockdown, I know this is gonna be a little scandalous, I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is gonna be the most incredible experience of my life, not having to be in settings, I don't wanna, but really, and I know that's so shameful to say it out loud, but there was like a week into this pandemic where I was like, I am the most recharged emotionally I have ever been in my life. Come on, somebody let me know in the chat right now if you know what I'm talking about. And now eventually I did miss people. It took me about three months, but it did happen. Um, <laughs> I'm just being real with you. I'm one of those people that when I'm around other people, I'm slowly like losing my charge. But then as I'm alone, I recharge. And so when I think about Romans chapter 12, verse 10, listen to it again now. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So be devoted. Get, now here's the, here's the part. Give preference to one another in honor. Give preference. Give pre Somebody say, just say no. Come on. 
okay, see how it's getting more comfortable for you to say? Give preference. What if after the global pandemic is over, it suddenly becomes okay for you to be in a social setting and say, hey, we have this devotion to each other. We have this brotherly, sisterly, this sibling love through Christ. I just wanna tell you, I wanna go home and watch Netflix. And then we say, okay, and I wanna help you get home because I'm gonna give you preference. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Am I the only one who would love to be free enough in my own identity to be able to communicate to people my boundaries? Oh, y'all aren't gonna help me preach today, I can tell. Isn't Isn't it liberating to know that you can have boundaries for your life? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. All of us are born looking like our parents, but we will die looking like our choices. And yeah, it's like that. You can tweet that. We, we all are born looking like our parents, but we are gonna die looking like our choices. And some of us need to start learning how to say no because we are letting other people run us down. And what happens with rage and anger is when you shove it down and you take your preferences and you shove it down and you don't stand up for yourself and you don't stand up for your own desires, what happens eventually is what? You explode, you explode. And so what I'm trying to help you with today is not to make the same mistake that Moses made. Um, if you wanna turn with me to Numbers chapter 11. number I know Numbers is not, uh, it's not the most exhilarating book of the Bible in the first several chapters of it. But by the time you get to Numbers chapter 11, you see the story unfolding. And it's the story of the life of Moses. And Moses now is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And as he's leading them out of Egypt, they come into the wilderness. And God is miraculously providing for them. But it's not, their, it's not necessarily their preference. And so what happens is he's trying to lead these people. And I love this so because this is like gangster God, I call him. Uh, this is not like, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for the forgiveness of the world's sins. This is like, God, like, I'll kill you because she, yeah, I'm mad right now, God. And how many of you know God doesn't change? And, and so what makes the sacrifice of Jesus Christ so powerful and potent is that there's still a standard for sin that angers God. Okay, I know you won't hear that preached in a lot of churches and it's not popular, but, but see what happens is Moses is trying to lead the people and God is miraculously providing manna. It, it's almost like a stimulus check that shows up every day. Can you imagine that? It's like you didn't, and, and here's why I call it a, stim, a daily stimulus check because they didn't have to go out and make the manna. They didn't have to go out and till the the ground in the soil. You hear how I got hillbilly for a second? The ground. They didn't have to till the ground. And so miraculously, on a daily basis, manna would come and feed them. And it was like a daily stimulus check, but they started complaining and they said, man, when we were in Egypt, we had it better. When we were in Egypt, we had it better. At least we had this kind of fish and this, this kind of meat and they started to complain. And I wanna take you to Numbers chapter 11 because what actually happens there is some people, they said, you know what? I'm gonna disrespect Moses. I know Moses has a direct connect with God. I know Moses has wisdom that I don't have, but I want meat, I don't want wisdom. How many of you know that you're engaged in a relationship with a lot of people that they want their preference, they don't want wisdom? They want their preference. And so all of a sudden, this this flock of quail shows up 
and in a ravenous, crazy, murderous act, they grab all the quail, they kill it, they fry it up. It's, it, you could imagine it would have been like that Popeye's line for the fried chicken uh, when they debuted it or like when a Chick-fil-A opens up in your hometown. And, all, and here's the crazy thing, and it says it in Numbers chapter 11, when they chose their preference over wisdom and respecting Moses, there was a plague. And what happened as a result of that plague is those people died. Uh, yeah, see, nobody's like, yeah, come on, God. Yeah, get them, God. Because I think there's something inside all of us that doesn't want to respect, doesn't want to respect God, doesn't want to respect the leadership that God's placed in our life. And we have that part. But then there's this other part of us like Moses that knows what, come on, parents, trying to lead your children. And you're like, listen, teenager, I know you think you know, but God's spoken to me and I've been in his word for years before you showed up. When you were still in fetus form, I was praying, reading the word and God, and, and God has used my life to get you this far. But there's something about human beings that will go after me instead of going after the message, going after the wisdom of God. And so when we talk about relationship and we talk about preference and we talk about respect, we've got to talk about knowing whether or not someone is connected to God. Because if they're connected to God, you, you, I'm telling you, there's something about what you need to know in this season of your life. If they're connected to God, if you're connected to God, mother, husband, come on, business owner, student, I mean, all kinds of people tune in from around the world. If you're connected to God and you're fighting for respect and the relationships that you have, I wanna encourage you, God is a defender of those that he speaks and deposits into their lives. God is a defender of those that are an advocate of his will and his way. When I was looking through the book of Numbers and thinking about insignificant others, I was thinking about most at one point when he's watching all these people go after the quail and he's watching all these people go after their particular preferences, he suddenly turns to God. And it's this funny thing because his prayer, his private prayer to God is recorded and immortalized in scripture. You know what he eventually says? He says, God, what am I like their mother? Like, what am I supposed to be breastfeeding the nation of Israel? Like, am I their mommy? Am I the one that has to give them whatever they want whenever they want it? And he's struggling under the burden of the leadership role that he has for his life because he's surrounded by people that would rather go after their preferences, come on, than, after go, than go after the wisdom of God. And so right now, there's many of you that probably feel so disrespected in your relationships because you're like, man, I feel like I'm doing what's right by God's standard. Come on, there's somebody single watching right now and you feel disrespected because you had to tell a guy, unfortunately, I'm not gonna sleep with you because I love myself. And unfortunately, I'm not gonna go there because I believe God's standard is still relevant in the 21st century. And you might feel disrespected because somebody would, have, would rather go after their preference than God's wisdom. Does somebody hear me speaking to them today? You know, and, and we're living in a world where it's like, it's an upside down world. Right is wrong and wrong is right in the 21st century. But Moses felt that as well thousands of years ago. And as I was thinking about this situation, I, I thought I need to teach you how to just say no. I need to teach you how to just say no, to say, to push back, to push back and say, you know what? I've got to protect my boundaries. I've got to protect my own peace. 
I've got to protect my own peace of mind. I've got to protect my finances. There's some people who are like, Pastor Mike, there's no way I can give to the local church. I'm like, yeah, but you are funding a whole bunch of madness from the people that are mooching all around you in your life. If you would cut them off and honor God, you would be honoring yourself. Just say no. Come on, somebody say it. Just say no. Because there's, Moses was like, wait a second, I'm going to honor God's ways. And I love this passage because Aaron and Miriam start gossiping against Moses, start talking about him. They're Facebook posting about him. And Jehovah literally visits Aaron and Miriam and says, hey, I just wanna show up and this is gangster God shows up. And he's like, I just wanna remind you that I'm using Moses in a powerful way. And Moses has a direct connection to me. And I'm sometimes gonna talk to you, Aaron, but I'm mainly gonna talk to him. And so if you wanna hear me, you gotta go to Moses. And then all of a sudden he's like, and Miriam, you really messed up. And it says that this cloud of glory forms around her. And when it dissipates, it reveals that her skin is infected with leprosy. And then Moses jumps in the scene. He's like, oh man, wait a second, God. You don't, it doesn't have to go down like that. It doesn't, but see what was happening was God was protecting a boundary that Moses wouldn't protect. How many of you are like a Moses leader? And you're always praying. You're always giving people more leeway than God would. You're, come on, I know this is convicting, but this is how you get free. God was protecting a boundary that Moses wouldn't protect because Moses should have said, hey, touch not God's anointed, neither do his prophets any harm. You better watch out how you're talking right now. There's a standard, there's a standard, but he wouldn't do it, so God said, I'll do it. And then even when Moses advocates and says, Jehovah, please don't do this to Miriam. Don't, don't do this. God said, well, listen, and God responds back. Even if she spit in her father's face, According to the law, she would have to spend seven days outside the camp. So I'll heal her and restore her back, but she's gonna, she's gonna spend seven days in timeout. And I'm so thankful for a God who holds a standard because there's a lot of people talking, there's a lot of people disrespecting, but God still has a standard for truth. And we're living in an era of a dispensation of grace. And I'm so in need of that grace. How many of you are in need of that grace as well? But what we learn in Numbers chapter 11 is that you were born looking like your parents, but you will die looking like your choices. And what we've got to do is we've got to reinstall respect, reinstall respect. You know, I was looking at this story. There was actually a Klan leader, a KKK leader. This guy was like a grand high wizard over the KKK. And there was a black male American who said, I'm gonna infiltrate their organization and I'm gonna sit on the front lines, like the front seat of every single one of those Klan assemblies as they come together. And then he said, I'm gonna take it a step further. If they'll let me in, I wanna get to know the Grand High Wizard. And so he literally started to infiltrate and get to know this guy. What began to happen, and it was flagrantly inappropriate in such a godly way, is that that Klan leader all of a sudden said, yeah, I'll sit down and talk to you. And this is what began to happen. They started to develop a discourse of mutual respect and conversation. Now that, that black male American was completely disgusted at all of the theology and the rhetoric that was being spewed by this Klan leader. This is a true story here in the US, completely disgusted. But he said, I'll respect you enough to listen to your opinion. 
and see this mysterious thing begin to happen in their midst, all of a sudden the heart of the clan leader begin to soften before, and then before you know it, and this is when national news picked up on this story, and this was decades ago, they show up to a clan meeting and from the microphone, the clan leader, before he puts his, his hood down, says, I respect that black man more, man more than many of you who are here, white people who are here because he respects me to listen to my opinion. A few years after that, because he was breaking through and by, by barriers, a few years later, that clan leader came with his outfit, handed it to that black man, and guess what he said? I'm retiring from the clan because you've changed my opinion about, and he, but this is the lowest common denominator. He didn't change his opinion because he had a better argument. He changed his opinion because he had respect for him. Respect for, for a rhetoric and a theology and a belief system that was so vile and so disgusting and so full of hatred. But the basis of their relationship building was respect. Why do I say that to you? We have lost respect today. We have lost respect. We don't give people permission to have another opinion, even if it's wrong. And the way that we're treating each other, and I say this over and over again, the way that we're treating each other in this era, we're giving everybody bricks and bricks and bricks of our own opinion, but all it's doing is changing our relationship. It's never changing anyone's mind. And see what happened was, and I wanna, I wanna read it again, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That man was walking that out. I'm gonna be devoted to this clan leader in brotherly love, even if I hate everything he stands for, give preference to one another in honor. And he gave him so much respect and so much honor that in exchange for that honor and respect, he gave him his clan uniform and retired forever and it made international news. It was playing every hour on the hour around the world. But the next generation here in America has already forgotten what civil discourse looks like. And see, it's about time that we just say no. It's about time we say, you know what? No matter how mad I am at you, I'm never gonna call you a name. Come on, somebody needs to hear that in their marriage. Just say no, I'm not gonna allow you to call me a name. I'm just gonna say no to that because I'm treating you in preferential love. I'm honoring you. And so this insignificant others is like, hey, just because the world cusses each other out doesn't mean that we can bring that culture into our home. Just because we've done it before doesn't mean that we're gonna do it again. Just say no. I was thinking about Philippians chapter four, verse 11. It says it like this. Now that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. See, what'll happen is when you're discontented, you'll always tell yourself the narrative that you deserve more or you deserve better, which will cause you to dishonor the person who's dishonoring you. Oh, I know that's too deep for somebody, but just let me, let me replay that again. When you are not content in every season of your life, that discontent will say, I deserve better than this person that's dishonoring me. And then respect is immediately broken. And see what happened was when that man crossed that boundary, he said, no, you know what? I'm gonna sit in their midst. I'm gonna respect them. I'm gonna build the bridge of relationship that's strong enough to bear the weight of truth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build the bridge of relationship that's strong enough to bear the weight of truth. What's the truth? The truth is racism was never God's design. 
The truth is we can live together as one. The truth is the gospel is strong enough to break through every boundary. That's the truth. And I'm gonna sit in your midst and make you acknowledge my humanity until you realize that. But I'm never gonna disrespect you through that. The greatest analogy in the New Testament scriptures is a, is a story of marriage. Husbands, love your wife, how? How, how, how should I love my wife? Just like Christ loves the church. And so there's this deep and profound revelation that we get when we receive love from God and says, wait a second, God, you didn't give up on me when I believed the wrong things. God, you didn't give up to me when I was in a lie and deception. God, you didn't give up on me when I was in my funk and in, in the miry clay and I was in my addiction. No, you sat in the midst of my sin and said, as soon as you call my name, I'll show up in a way that you've never known me before. And see, I think there's something about respect. Wives, listen to me. I know your husband is not everything that you believed he would be, but will you sit with him even in the midst of these circumstances and say, I'm believing by faith. I'm believing by faith that God's gonna do what couldn't happen any other way. I'm thinking about this, Philippians chapter two, verse three. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Don't do anything from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. You know, there's no social media platform that actually, um, that actually causes you to build your platform on how you build other people. Every single one of them is your tally of likes, your tally of comments, your tally of followers. And so we've built this narcissistic society that says, I've gotta look out for myself because no one's gonna look out for me. Some of the most broken, abandoned, battered people in life end up becoming the most selfish and self-seeking. When I look at Egypt and I look at what they went through as a children of God, I think about how when they came out of Egypt and that slavery and that bondage, the cruel taskmaster of slavery, then into the wilderness, the reason why they really went after the quail, and this is gonna help somebody, the reason why they really went after the quail is because they said, no one else is gonna look out for me, so I'm gonna look out for myself. The reason why they went after that is because they were essentially saying, you know what, I'm out here, I used to be in slavery, I used to live under that, that cruel taskmaster, and so now that I'm out here and I'm eating this manna every day, I might as well go ahead and take meat because no one else is gonna look out for me. And so oftentimes the most selfish people are actually the most broken people. They're the ones who are saying, you know what, this marriage is, now listen, I need you to hear me. Just look at me right now. This is, this, is, this is your breakthrough moment. This marriage is probably not gonna work out anyways, so I, I might as well have sexual satisfaction even if it means being with someone else on the side. Hey, this business is probably gonna break down anyways. I might as well just steal money. I might as well siphon it out. I mean, when I talk to people who have done the most villainous things, in their own heart, they don't think they're evil. They're actually people who are saying, hey, it never works out for me anyways, so I might as well tilt the table where I still get something out of this. And that's the brokenness that God wants to deal with. And the reason why we don't protect boundaries and the reason why we don't just say no is because we're afraid it's not gonna work out anyways. And we just take whatever we want. We take whatever we think we need. And so what God's trying to say instead to you 
is just at this time, just say no. Put up the boundaries and say, God, and this is the book of wisdom coming out of Proverbs, I'd rather be poor but have integrity than in my brokenness take and lose it all. I'd rather be in a marriage that right now is not the best marriage than blow past a boundary, break through that boundary and end up losing my very soul just trying to satisfy my flesh. And I know that this is a hard thing to hear, but it's gonna help you because these insignificant others are people in our lives that we refuse to look outside of ourselves while we're taking care of ourselves. And it's a paradox. It's a paradox. Let me read it again. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. I'm I'm regarding you as more important than me. And so right now I'm gonna protect my boundaries so I can protect my peace. I'm gonna protect my boundaries so I can protect my own peace of mind and my own energy and my own strength. But looking after me is looking after you. And I'm gonna do, I'm I'm gonna protect and preserve myself in a godly way so that I can protect and preserve you in a selfless way, in a selfless way. I feel the burden of so many people watching right now that are saying, Pastor Mike, I feel so disrespected. I feel so, you know, one of the number one things that people tell me is that they don't feel cherished and they don't feel like they're honored or respected for what they contribute. There's many of you watching right now who just feel so used. I keep on cooking meals. I keep on paying bills. I keep on fighting. You could feel like Moses who's just like, man, I led them out of slavery. I did everything I could to get them into the promised land and my manna is not enough. What God's miraculously provided, and I know you're probably watching saying, Pastor Mike, I need strength. I need strength. Your own children could become insignificant others because you look at them and you're like, I feel so disrespected and not cherished. Your own spouse, you're like, man, I'm working every single day to provide for this house. And it's just like, you just don't care. But I wanna remind you that God will step in and protect a boundary that you might be struggling to protect. And God's gonna work on your behalf. He's gonna speak to their heart. He's gonna reveal things in this season like never before. We're getting ready to pray here in the next few moments. I wanna tell you this story. In the early 2000s, I was a resident assistant at Indiana University, and I was in charge of three floors of college-age young men, which was wild. And I remember one day vividly, we were getting ready to leave um, for a holiday, and I got a call from my supervisor, and they said, hey, I've got some really unfortunate news. One of your residents was just in a tragic accident and passed away. And I was like, and I didn't know him personally, so when they said the name, I it didn't recognize, but they said that he was driving down the street, and as he was driving down the street, literally, a, a storm was happening, a tree blew down, and actually uh, immediately uh, killed him as it landed on his vehicle. And so I said, well, what can I do? How can we help? And, and they said, we want you to go into his dorm room because his parents have already heard the news, and in the next day or so, they're gonna be coming to collect all of his stuff. And it was a very morbid, very dark moment in my life because I had to go to this young man's room. I I barely knew him, I just knew of him. And the assignment that I had was, and the way that they told me was, hey, if there's anything in his room that would be to the detriment of his legacy, if there's anything in, in his room that his parents would see 
that would maybe change their opinion of their son. We need you to just go in there and just just take it out, get rid of it because he's gone. He's gone and it's too late now. It doesn't matter anyways. And, and I remember it was a very odd assignment. And I remember walking into his room and everything was just as he left it to go on his holiday. And, and I, I was overwhelmed with emotion as I was looking at his different items, realizing that his life was completely over and that he would never return to these items that were probably so significant to him. But see, what happened was there were some things that he had gotten into and, and when I was in his room cleaning it out, I thought, wow, isn't this such a gospel message about how God will take the things that we didn't know how to say no to, the boundaries that we crossed, and say, I will remove them from your life and, and actually cause you to have a legacy that we both know you would have never had on your own. It was one of the most gospel moments of my entire life as I began to take these things out of his room and said, when, their parents come, when his parents come to actually take these items, the remaining things in the room, they will never have seen these things because he was just a college kid who was finding his way. And there was a level of grace that was being given to his legacy. Right now, I believe that this message is the Holy Spirit trying to clean some things up in your life. Because if you don't start guarding your peace and you shove it down and you take your preferences and your boundaries and you just keep dismissing it, but giving other people theirs, even though they don't read the word, even though they don't have a relationship with God, what'll happen is you'll explode and then you'll end up accumulating things in your spaces and in your lives that represent something less than the legacy that God has for you. So God right now in this moment is saying, hey, this is literally about your legacy. This is literally about your legacy, what you stood for. So right now, I want you to just make a commitment. Just close your eyes. I know you've got me streaming on a television. I know you've got me streaming on your phone right now. Like, don't click off. We're gonna pray right now. And I believe that as we pray, this is gonna be a powerful moment in your life because what we're gonna be doing is saying, God, I'm gonna learn now to just say no. I'm gonna learn how to reinstall those boundaries. God, I'm gonna learn in this time to do the very thing that I couldn't do in a another season. Come on, I want you guys to just pray with me right now. Use your own words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are empowering me to love others by loving and respecting myself. God, you are going to meet my needs according to your riches and glory. Come on, just say, God, you are going to meet my needs. I trust you with my life. God, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. And God, I thank you. Come on, just say it. I thank you for the legacy that you preserve for me. In Jesus' name, come on, just say amen. Amen. How will you apply this message to your life? You can get daily encouragement from Pastor Mike on all social media platforms, YouTube, or his daily live broadcast, Live at Lunch, on the Mike Signorelli Facebook page. 